1: Great to be with you on this Friday on News Radio 1070 WKOK Chickalum Jersey Shore coming up tonight at 7 o'clock. We're on beginning at 6 30 with Kevin and the Chief. All right, today's show brought to you by Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the Beverage Supermarket. Imports domestics microbrews, the best selection of beer anywhere. Wine coolers, water, soft drinks, snacks. They roast their peanuts fresh and out every day in the pickle bar, led by the barrels and the dills. Indeed, second to none, all at Brewer's Outlet, Reagan Street, and Sunbury. The beverage supermarket. So it's an Auburn preview. Penn State tomorrow will take on Auburn at Jordan Air Stadium. Kickoff is set for... 3 30 tomorrow, where I'm beginning at 2 o'clock. We will hear from Jason Campbell, the former Auburn quarterback. Brad Nessler will call the game on CBS. Andy Burcham, the play by play voice of Auburn, and Dennis Dodd from CBS. A lot going on today. Great to have you with us on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Welcome back today's show brought to you by Brewers Outlet. Reagan Street and Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. Imports, domestics, microbrews—the best selection of beer anywhere. Wine coolers, water, soft drinks, snacks. They roast their peanuts fresh and hot every day. The pickle bar, led by the barrels and the dills, indeed second to none. All at Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. And we're in the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, Fourth Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia Routes Eleven and Fifteen. Almost Wharf and online at SunburyMotors.com. He played against Penn State in the Capital One Bowl, went on to be a first-round pick of Washington, and played in the NFL. Former Auburn quarterback Jason Campbell. Jason, welcome back. Great to have you with us.
2: Hey, guys. I've been doing great. Football season is here, and, you know, it feels like it's been a long time waiting. But then all of a sudden, the first week goes by fast, and then this thing you know, it's two weeks is gone by. So, you know, I'm excited. Uh, the football season is back.
1: How would you describe a Saturday in Auburn, Alabama? Oh,
2: I would say this uh, just like Friday Night Lights, as far as like some towns where you feel like everything shuts down when a football game is going on uh, on a Friday night in a small town. That's how it is in Auburn. You know, Auburn is a really good place to live. Uh, it's a great college town, and on, on game day, everyone's tailgating. Everyone's pretty much at the game or at a close bar near near around. Or you have people out tailgating outside the stadium during the game while they watch the game on TV. So. It's a great atmosphere. it's loud it's on big games, and you know fortunately, this game is not at nighttime because at night nighttime it's really really uh cool, the how they do the lights and everything, but yeah. it'll still be a great a great fall day uh for football come this Saturday.
1: What's it like to go through the Tiger Walk? <laughs>
2: Well, it's different now. When I went through Tiger yeah. Walk, we didn't have security guards. Uh, I, I know. I to, yeah. <laughs> I
1: used
2: to tell, tell Reveal when we got to the locker room, I said, Coach, I said, uh, is there any way – I said, I love Tiger Walk. I said, but is there any way we can get the people to stand back a little bit? I said, I don't took four or five sacks before I even get to the locker room. Like, guys just coming up, just pounding <laughs> you in the chest. Let's go! you just like, dude, chill. <laughs> <ew." laughs> you know? So around towards my senior year, we finally got around to having security guards that kind of had it roped off a little bit so people couldn't just be like right on top of you, pounding you in the chest, and punching you in the orange, talking about let's go. So, uh, But it's a great experience.
1: When you look at the job that T.J. Finley has done through two games, and then Robbie Ashford, what have been your thoughts from a quarterback's point of view?
2: Uh, guys still trying to find their rhythm. Uh, still learning trust. Uh, just based off what I see from a standpoint of, you know, Robbie is an athletic guy, and of course he can utilize his legs. He's a definitely an extension of the running backs, uh, but he's also a guy that you know he can throw the ball. And you know he hasn't a, he hasn't had a lot of experience of throwing the football because you know he's been out of high school for two years, and he transferred to Auburn, so he just needs more passing experience in game-like situations. And then, far as TJ goes. Uh, you know, TJ he's not as mobile as Robbie, but he knows a lot more of the offense. He's uh the longest quarterback on the, the tenor longest quarterback under Harson uh on the staff on the roster. So, you know, he proposed more of knowing about how to get us out of bad plays and, and checks and different things like that. And, you know, he he felt a lot more comfortable I thought in the second half of the San Jose State game than he did the first game and the first half of, of that last game. So, you know, hopefully he'll take some scribes this week against a Penn State team that's uh you know has a really good defense, uh has Porter Junior at one of the corners who's a predicted first round pick and so we'll need uh our passing game to pick up. Our run game has been pretty good, but our passing game needs to pick up and I think that's all about just trust when you have two different quarterbacks playing.
1: Yeah T J is long in two areas, one in tenure and the other one he's six seven. Uh, I, mean, that, I mean, that's amazing. I mean, he is a 6'7 quarterback. In any way, I mean, obviously he can see the field. Is there anything about a 6'7 guy where it hinders them?
2: Yeah, it's is like you said, you don't see many of them. Uh, I think him and maybe Jamarcus Russell, I think he would really yeah. around 6'7. But, you know, I can't think of many quarterbacks that's that tall. Um, most have been like 6'5 and under. But, like I said, he's a little bit more mobile as a 6'7 guy than a lot of 6'7 guys. Uh, most six-seven guys play basketball. they out there with Bruce Pearl, to right? yeah. be honest. Right. But, you know, he's trying to make a quarterback out of it. And, like I said, the advantage he has, he can see on the offensive line. You know, he can see blitzes coming and still deliver the ball. So, that's one advantage that he has. And I think that's what helps him out on fourth down situation where we have to go for it. I was telling someone in the booth last week, I said, it seems like on fourth down, he has a different sense of urgency. It's like he's dropped the ball or has to make some miraculous play for us to have a position to keep the drive going. And so far, he's been on point with those. It's just not taking those bad sacks because he's not as mobile, knowing when to have to deliver the ball a lot quicker than he probably wants to because he knows the guys can pin their ears back and come back. So when you know that, you know you got to get the ball out of your hands or don't take bad sacks whether you're second and long or third and long.
1: It looks like when he is in some semblance of trouble or needs something, John Samuel Shanker, his tight end, is the guy he wants to go to. When you played that position, was there a guy that no matter what, you like, you sat back, Jay said, you know what, I need something here. I could depend on him.
2: Oh, yeah, most definitely. Uh, when you see, you know, how you get blitz, zero, sometimes these teams like to do yeah. it, man, across the board. You know, you don't have time to go through a first, second progression. You have to pick a side and say, Okay, I know this guy can win, which is their guy. So I'm gonna take my guy being better than their guy. And that's usually who you go out and target. When I was playing, you know, it's Courtney Taylor. Yep. Uh, you know, um, he was one of my biggest guys at that at that position when it came to like game on the line. Uh, you know, in the NFL sometimes you feel comfortable with tight ends, Chris Cooley and, and different things like yeah. that. So When you understand the situation and you understand that, okay, they're bringing more guys than we can protect. You don't, you got to just take the best matchup. And, you know, sometimes week to week, that can change based off their corner. You couldn't port a junior on our best receiver. Yeah. And of course, that's not a matchup. So then you may go elsewhere with the ball. So it's just knowing things like that. As far as the quarterback position and study in the game, uh, that makes you understand on third downs and then red zone when the defense clamps on you in the end zone is another defender. The back line, you understand there's, the room gets shorter. So I just think from understanding those aspects for Robbie and TJ is the next steps for them.
1: What makes Derek Hall, in your opinion, a special guy in that defensive side of the ball?
2: I think his understanding of the thirty four defense, um, you know, it kinda fits him, his style linebacker, uh, where he's able to kinda rush on the outside but also be a run stopper as well. Uh, he's a big physical guy, he's strong. Um, you know, he he definitely absorbs uh, point of contact, the line of scrimmage very well. And I think it's just experience, you know, it's just that's one thing you can't teach is experience. And I think he has that, Kobe Wooten has that. Um, you know, Owen Papo has said, you know, these guys have been around Auburn long enough now, understand the games and understand the big games. They understand this is a big game. It was a big game last year uh, and everything. They, they understand this is a game that everyone expected them to beat San Jose State and Mercer. You know, that's not a shocker. But you know, playing against a Penn State team that's, you know, they're trying to get back to their to their ways they have an experienced quarterback who's back for his sixth year. Uh, so, you know, crowd noise is not going to be a, a big factor to him uh, just because he's played in big atmospheres right. before. So I think that's the situation that, you know, we just got to play sound defense and not have the bad penalties and different things.
1: And yeah, one guy, what about Cam Riley? It looks like in the middle he's really started to come on. Is that fair?
2: It reminds me of, uh, I'm not sure if y'all know Carlos Danzi.
1: Yes, I do. Oh, yes, I'm yeah. very aware. He played it against Penn State in the uh, Capital One Bowl.
2: Yeah, so Carlos Dansby kind of reminds me of a Carlos Dansby. Uh, you know, he's very long. He's six four. You know, he has long arms, and you know that helps you in the passing game, the run game, and if you're athletic, it just helps you all over. Um, and I just think, from a standpoint, he's really, really coming on that linebacker position. Uh, you know, and taking over from McLean and and everything. Yeah. I just think, you know, he's a guy that he just gets better. He's game at 16 tackles in the first game, and you know, last game he didn't have. You know, as many as he did the first, but, you know, at the same time, I think he's still a guy that's so athletic, you have to know where he's at at all times on the field. And I just face the, it, the more he can get between the ears of knowing what to do, then he's going to be a, a really, really great football
1: player for all of them. How do you describe Tank?
2: A hard nose downhill. Uh, you know, he really resembled his name, Tank. Uh, you know, he <laughs> He kinda you know it's a one back type of guy when he gets the ball it's one direction, it's downhill. You know, he tries yep. to get there as as quick as he can. You know, our other bats are a little bit more patient as far as like when it comes to reading the zones and cut and different things. But tankers are more I wanna get going downhill. If anyone's in the way, they're just in the way. Uh, you know, but he's a guy that's you know, that basically describes him. And then also, you know, in the, and catching passes out of the backfield. You know, he's gotten better at being a back out of the backfield that's been part of our receiving core that you can get the ball in his hands early enough in open space. You know, he can get you 10, 12, 15 yards. So, you know, he's one of those guys that's getting better at that aspect and, and also in pass protection. Um, but, yeah, Tank definitely describes his name. Just think, coming at you downhill.
1: Yeah, no oh, no, he is all of that. There's no question about that. All right, so you know, we talked about the atmosphere around a game like this. Obviously, Alabama is it is it it is the game. It is what it means. What does this game mean? Penn State's never been there. You know, yeah. Penn State's got a name, but uh, you know, he, he we know that Georgia will play Auburn. We know Alabama plays them every year. Where does this game fit in the thought process?
2: Oh, we take all the game. I know everyone always says, you know, Alabama game is our biggest game. But to be honest with you, anytime it's an SEC schedule game or a Big Ten game or a Pac-12 game, we take all those games the same way. Um, but there's so many different rivals uh, within our conference. But, you know, we look at this game as, as another big game because, you know, this Penn State is a tradition powerhouse when it comes to football. Auburn is a tradition powerhouse when it comes to football. And anytime you can get those matchups, you want to enjoy the moment and you want to enjoy the atmosphere. And, you know, if I'm a Penn State fan, this is a game I'm putting on my bucket list to come yeah, to. Right.
0: Because
2: of the atmosphere is going to be electric. Um, you know, if you haven't been to Auburn before been in big games, like, you, you'll feel the energy. Uh, tailgating would be awesome. And just the whole lead up to the game. And uh, like I was they say, RVs, what's the day, Tuesday? Tuesday. So RVs, uh, yeah, RVs start coming in this afternoon. Ooh. And uh, people start trying to find their parking spots cool. and places for their RVs. So they'll be there all the way through Sunday. So, you know, uh, I remember when I played in Auburn, every time there was a big game, Tuesday afternoon, you start to see the RVs coming while we were out there practicing. And uh, they just pretty much spend the next five days there. So it's a, it's a big deal. Uh, like I said, there's no NFL teams. Uh, in the state of Alabama, you know, Pennsylvania has Pittsburgh, and uh, but here there's no NFL team, so Alabama and Auburn is as big as it gets when it comes to the state of Alabama. So you, you best believe it's going to be a uh, dynamic electric atmosphere.
1: When you were playing, you'd be warming up before the game. Did you ever see the eagle fly? And if so, what's it like?
2: <laughs> I got to see the eagle fly probably before. Um, yeah before I started actually playing. Okay. Uh, you know, actually a recruit. I didn't actually yeah. get a chance to see the, the eagle fly again until after I finished playing the uh, ball. I kind of wish they had it where the players could be on the sidelines as soon as they do the national anthem and then have the eagle to fly. But they like to do the flyover, so I understand that as right. well. And uh, so it's kind of an experience that I wish the players, even opposing players, I wish they could see it because – I'm the type of person, every time I played in a stadium where college or NFL, I want to take in a moment. Yes. You know, yeah. because, uh, you know, everything that makes that city special, makes that stadium special. I wanted to know, you know, and I wanted to experience it, you know, and that's a conversation piece. You know, you walk away like, man, that was kind of cool how they did this. And, um, I remember I played against the Steelers and the pros when they do renegade in the fourth quarter. You uh, know that's kind of kind of yeah. cool. So yeah. it's just different things that bring excitement to different college atmospheres. And like I said, uh, you know Penn State is great at what they do as well. So yeah, I've been playing Penn State when I was in uh, 2002. When we played them in the yeah. bowl game.
1: I so, did. The, uh, I did the game.
2: Yeah, no That was a very windy game. So
1: yes, it was.
2: You, you had to run the ball like crazy. You yeah. try to throw a ball, it just got cut out the air. But. Yeah. Uh, you know what a great what a great opportunity for all the teams State to get together and play. Though a okay. lot of teams are scared to do that nowadays because of all the playoffs. Yeah. And hopefully, this twelve team playoff will allow more matchups like this.
1: One final question, and this is not a political question. Please, I don't not go into political <laughs> questions. Did you ever think your head coach would be a U.S. senator?
2: <laughs> oh gosh, yeah, I, I did not. I knew he was a politician uh, just based off practice because we used to practice. I used to ask guys, "Did the guy, I said, Does coach Turner ever coach a position?" Because <laughs> you know, he would always be on the sideline, uh, talking to uh, like boosters and different people. Let's let them enjoy practice and call the players over sometimes to just you know sign an autograph for a uh, you know a booster or somebody that uh, you know just they just out there watching practice. You know, someone that came in town, a cousin or somebody, just take a picture or something. But he was always like just getting to know people. So I found out he was running for senator. I was like, why would you want to do that? <laughs> i have like, been a successful football coach and, and everything. And politics seems like today doesn't do anything but just divide people. Yeah. And I was just like, why would you want to get involved with that? Why not try to get involved with trying to be an AD at a school or something or, you know, get involved with things like that? I was just like, but you know, he chose to go the political route. And, you know, now I don't know if he likes it or not, but – I'm I'm pretty sure he probably enjoyed his days on the sideline a lot better.
1: I agree with you. He probably did. Hey, Jason, thanks so much. Really appreciate it very much, and uh, look forward to seeing you on Saturday. All
2: right, you too, guys. Appreciate it.
1: Former Auburn quarterback Jason Campbell. Coming up in the next half hour, we'll shift gears to TV. Brad Nessler from CBS. He'll call the game with Gary Danielson coming up tomorrow. Then Andy Burcham. Play-by-play, voice of Auburn football. Join us at 4.06. Final half hour, Dennis Dodd from CBS. Today's show brought to you by our good friends at Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. And we're in the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia Routes 11 to 15, Umbles Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. Here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Sports Talk, where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Today's show brought to you by Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket, imports, domestics, microbrews—the best selection of beer anywhere. Wine coolers, water, soft drinks, snacks. They roast their peanuts, freshen out every day. Six great flavors of slushies and the pickle bar. Led by the barrels and the dills, indeed second to none. All at Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street and Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. Stock up for the big game right now. All right, we're in the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street and Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, Roots 11 and 15, Ummels Wharf. And online at SunburyMotors.com. And by the way, don't forget. We are going to be at the Penn's Tavern on Monday, for Monday show, for the Neil Mertz Frenzy. We're looking forward to it. So that will be 3 to 5. We'll be at Penn's Tavern on Monday. Looking forward to seeing each and every one of you out there for that. We're going to have a great time. He is, without question, one of the best in the business. I don't care what it's, football, basketball, whatever it happens to be you will call the game tomorrow on CBS with Gary Danielson, Brad Nessler. my good friend. Great to have you back. Welcome. Great to great to be with you.
0: I'm good, man. Uh, it was good to hear Steve. Uh, good to hear John Sterling on the call. He, he, he likes to judge home runs a little bit.
1: Yeah, <laughs> he's got all sorts of calls when it comes to Aaron Judge. All <laughs> sorts.
0: Been, John's been doing it a hundred years longer than you and I.
1: I know. I remember when John was doing the Atlanta Hawks.
0: Yeah, he did the Braves, too. So, and then he yeah. went to the Yankees, and he's been yeah. up there ever since.
1: Amazing. So one place I've never been. I've never been to Auburn. So what is it like doing a game in that atmosphere in Auburn, Alabama?
0: Um, it's pretty cool, man. It's going to be good to see you in person, by the way. Um,
1: uh, same here.
0: Yeah. No, I mean, you know, you're used to 110,000 people, and, and Happy Valley is as loud and as crazy as any place. Uh, um, I think maybe the, the temperature and the humidity might get to everybody a little bit differently than if you were in happy Valley, but um, I thought we were going to have just beautiful weather, but I think it's going to warm up to probably 87 or so, maybe 88. And it's, it's been really nice the last couple of days down in this part of the country, but I think it's going to be a little steamy probably for the game on Saturday, but um, great atmosphere. You know, when they go out and, and the, uh, uh, the War Eagle flies at the beginning of the game before the national anthem and all that. It just kind of sets the scene. but you know, um, you'll enjoy it, but you've been in just as big a stadiums and just as rowdy a places as you'll see on Saturday.
1: All right, no, no question. which then brings up next year will be a split year with the SEC and the Big Ten. Um, how excited are you to get the big Ten back in the mix and then eventually obviously the SEC will fall by the wayside. But what's your thought on that?
0: you know what i haven't really i haven't really put a lot of thought into it i guess i, I yeah. explaining it to my family explain it to my friends um from that standpoint you know i've had to talk about it but um uh, i know the first two weeks of the season next year when we normally wouldn't even be working maybe i'll be doing big 10 games <laughs> and, and then some other ones mixed in there you know and uh so from that standpoint it'll be kind of fun i mean you know gary and i kind of came up the ranks in the Big Ten when they are at ESPN when we were together the first time. And so uh, getting back to some of those locales will be a lot of fun. Uh, got a lot of friends still in those places. Uh, you know, basically all our family, uh, for the most part, is still in, in the Midwest and in the Big Ten. So I might have more of my nieces and nephews watching than I do normally on a Saturday because <laughs> they'll, pay, they'll pay more attention to the old uncle when he's up in that part of the woods. <laughs>
1: What kind of, I mean, you've gone through the video so far. I don't know if you've had a chance to talk to the coaches yet, but we'll start with, with Penn State. Then I'll go to Arbor. What read do you have on Penn State first?
0: First of all, um, you know, I thought, I know everybody's excited about the, the freshman quarterback, and he's really fun to watch and everything, but I thought Sean Clifford played as good as you can play last week, really, against Ohio. I mean, uh, he might have had. A sack or two, and maybe a read or two, you know that he would like to have back. But I think he's been really good. And uh, you know, when you got a guy that's been around six years, that's a solid. That's like having a great point guard in basketball. And and uh, I thought he's played really, really well. The young guys, I mean, I know you've got to be psyched about it because <laughs> you know you haven't had a running back like that probably since Saquon. And and uh, you know, Nicholas Singleton looks like the real deal. I can't wait to see him in person. Uh, It's just from watching the film the last week. He's he's something special. You know, when you hear about five-star guys and number one recruits and top recruit and Gatorade player of the year, all that stuff, that's great until you get out and you start playing somebody. And for him to do what he's done, you know, in the first couple of weeks, just from the first snap against Purdue, the first time he got in there, I was like, whoa, maybe this guy's everything that everybody's been talking about. And after watching the game, i think he i think he is so that's going to be cool to watch him play and uh you know i think Tinsley, that the guy that transferred in really good receiver and they just look solid you know penn state looked fast on defense to me too so um i think it'll be a great matchup you know sec big ten this is this is uh if it's anything like last year's game that you guys had up there it'll be great
1: yeah that was quite a game between the two so now i'll flip the page Auburn's played Mercer in San Jose State to this point. What kind of read do you have on them uh, at this stage after two games?
0: I don't think they're very good. <laughs> they're 2-0, though. They'll, they'll take that. Um, you know, i got a lot of friends on, in this part of the country that are Auburn fans, and uh, when I saw some of them on Sunday when we were watching NFL games together, they were not a happy group. Um, but, you know, Nobody in the SEC is ever happy. I guess you can be seven and you can be seven and zero, oh yeah. and they got something right. to complain about. You know, um, yeah, they're just inconsistent. I don't like the. I'm not nuts about the two quarterback rotating system. Now it's different for Penn State. They got an opportunity to play three, and that's because they were ahead, and and you know everybody had a chance, and everybody, all of them played really well. That's different than going every other play or you know if it's going to be a pass let's we'll leave tj finley in there we're going to run it let's go with you know uh, robbie ashford i'm not nuts about that whole system of running guys in and out on the same series so that's just me so you know brian harson's got a plan and i kind of think in their case uh, they use two quarterbacks because they aren't comfortable with either one of them so you know, the old adage about if you're playing two quarterbacks, that right. means you don't have one. So I don't know if right. that's the case or not. But that's the way they played so far, Steve, I think. And just inconsistent and, you know, bad throws, bad interceptions. Um, their passing attack is not where they want it. I know that. But, uh, you know, they did a good job of running the football and kind of getting back to what they can do with Tank Bigsby. And in doing that, you know, they got back in the game and subsequently won last week. But, you they could have easily lost that game they should have been down 14 to whatever at halftime crowd there was there was a situation where you said what's the atmosphere like the crowd costs san jose state one of their touchdowns in the second quarter because uh you know they just kept going backwards they're down on the two-foot line and all of a sudden they're back at a 12 or whatever it was and it's you know third and goal so uh from that standpoint you know uh I, th- I think that's going to be good to have a guy like Sean running the show because he's heard noisy crowds before he's been there and done that.
1: All right, exactly. Uh, Bigsby and Hunter, now obviously I've only seen them once in person. That was here. You've seen them multiple times, including the game with Alabama last year. What kind of attack did they give Auburn when the two of them were in gear?
0: Um, tank's really good, and, and Hunter's a little bit different Um you know, tanks, tank. I don't think he's. Uh, it's really uh, Cartavious. You know, he used to be yeah. built like a tank. I think he's actually lost weight. I think he wanted to get faster. And Hunter is a little shiftier and a little faster. Um, you know, when they really get their offense going and, and tanks rolling, um, they're really good because then they can do a lot of other things, play action and, and stuff, and, and get it down the field. But they can't do that if they can't hit people, and and that's what they they've been. Quarterback's have been off target, missing guys that are open. Uh, Shanker, their tight end is you know pretty good. He catches, he's consistent, right. catches, catches balls. They got some guys that are pretty good on the outside, but but Tank's their guy. I mean, when he gets rolling and has one of those 150 yard games, you can be in for a long day sometimes. If he gets uh, get, if he gets lathered up, and that's what they I think are going to probably try to do against Penn State. I don't know if they can.
1: Last week, for example, uh, you know, Fox had this game, but Texas played Alabama. Uh, this week, Auburn plays Penn State. So it, uh, and I realized, you know, people have to remember Texas is still in the Big 12, but you get intersectional matchups. They seem like they're a rare commodity these days. How do you feel about keeping elements like that still alive within the game?
0: Well, I hope they can, you know. Um... the kickoff classics and that type of thing that Atlanta has, you know, two or three, um, at least you get major conference, power five guys against power five guys. And it's good. And then the Alabama Texas game was a great scene. Um, you know, and it's, it's down there. So, I mean, the ones that are at neutral sites are a little different because depending on what part of the country you're coming from, it can be really lopsided as far as the fans. And it was lopsided in the Texas Alabama game, obviously but uh i think it's great and and you know i think uh most coaches in the sec would say you know let's play one really good non-conference team and let's play nine conference games and you know the fans will come back well most fans are going to sell out everything anyway but some places aren't that way <laughs> because you know they go i don't want to see mercer necessarily and Texas A and M won't want to see Appalachian or <laughs> ever <yet>. again. <laughs> ever again. I don't know. I don't know why anybody would, would ever schedule those guys uh, either home, either home or uh, away. And so,
1: <laughs> yeah, God
0: bless them. It was fun to watch, you know, because I didn't have a game last weekend, and you know, I'm watching ball, and I'm sitting here, and my wife's going back and forth through the family room, and she's going. Uh, wow, what, what's going on? And I, I said, "Well, this team just beat this team, and they weren't supposed to." And she said, "Well, that's good." And I said, "Well, it's not that good because your husband was supposed to do Texas A and M and Alabama on October eighth, and that kind of yeah. messes things up." And she said, and then she saw the coach's interview, and she goes, "You got to just enjoy this, don't you?" I said, "Yeah, I do." <laughs> and I saw the coach after the game because I was just so cool that that kind of stuff can happen, but. uh you know good for maybe not good for some of us, but really good for college football last weekend with Marshall Notre Dame and that one yeah. and, uh Sunbelt had a Sunbelt had a better uh, outing than just about any conference there was yeah. last week.
1: Uh, no question. In fact, Penn State played Appalachian State in the opener in, in at nineteen eighteen, whatever it was. And the game went to overtime, Brad. So you do not want to see these people on your schedule.
0: No, not at all. I mean, you got to be crazy even to do that. Not, not to mention they take a million and a half home with them, you know. Oh, I know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> they get 1.5 million and the win. I mean, it's a you good can't day. beat
0: that. That's a good weekend, man.
1: Yeah, it's a great weekend, as a matter of fact. That's it. It's great. I mean, but again, these are the kind of games that are really good gauge games, especially. At the beginning of, of the season, you've seen obviously the SEC up close and personal, week in and week out, various places. What does make the SEC special to you? Um,
0: I don't want to say it just means more. I hate that slogan. Um, yeah, no, yeah, me the, too. The, the defensive lines and uh, and just the guys on defense, um, front fours and stuff are just. A hair different. I don't think it's any different than the Big Ten is now, but other conferences, you just don't have guys that are, you know, three hundred and six pounds that can run like tailbacks, and and there's a whole bunch of those guys in the SEC and just about every place you go. And I don't know from the from the fan standpoint, I, I don't think it's any better than Penn State, Ohio State, Michigan, Wisconsin. You know, um, I get the same kind of buzz. I think wherever I do games. It's, yeah. It's just that the SEC has a reputation about being about being better than other conferences as far as uh, the fan experience. I don't think it's any different, really. I think at LSU they drink a little more, maybe if it's a night. Nice <laughs> that's, that's a whole other
1: story. <laughs> Great, let's schedule them. Uh, yeah, <laughs> let's really. Let's have some fun with this thing. Let's do it. I have to. I I I don't need you to comment on Brian harson's off season. That's that's a separate entity. But you do have to deal with him. What kind of guy has he been to deal with on your end?
0: Um, uh, Pretty um, reserved. Um, I I don't think he trusts, at least not us yet, uh, or maybe media in general in the South, in the the SEC. And I think when you come from somewhere else, there's a perception that uh, you're never going to be able to recruit, you're never going to be able to win because you're not from here, and that type of thing. And not everybody can be from the South, you know, and end up coaching football Mm -hmm. in the South or in the SEC. So, I mean, I think he came in feeling like um, that everybody thinks he's an outsider. And so, in that respect, a little bit reserved. And then he's had just so many different things come up. And, you know, I don't quite know how we're going to deal with it yet. You're, You're right. But coaches leaving, players leaving, rumors about him and his personal life all that kind of stuff. And then the guy that hired him, you know, uh, resigned two weeks ago, Alan Green, who I liked a lot, the athletic director. And so the guy that hired him isn't there. Um, The fans are not crazy about the brand of football. And I think if there's one thing that you find out about um, Auburn football is, how can I put this? The the boosters – have a bigger influence at auburn probably than any place i can think of anywhere in college football if that makes wow. sense to you so wow uh, you know the pressure of you know I, I i'll be honest with you i didn't know if he was going to make it through the summer and he made it and now he's off to a 2-0 start which is great but this thing can go south in a hurry at auburn if everything doesn't go right so you know i wish him i wish him well but um uh, The guys that uh, have the money and the boosters and the fact that they're still playing, paying Gus Malzahn and they're probably still paying Gene Chizik. I don't know how many guys are still paying. They might might be still paying Tommy Tuberville. I don't know. But, you know, those guys got deep pockets and they got a lot of influence. And so uh, that alone is kind of always hanging over your head, especially when your athletic director that hired isn't around anymore.
1: All right. Looking forward to seeing you on Saturday, Brad. Really am. Thanks so much for doing this.
0: You got it, buddy. I'll see you down on the plane.
1: Sounds great, Brad. Thank you. All right, Steve. He is, without question, one of the best in the business. That is Brad Nessler from CBS. He'll have the call tomorrow on CBS. Meanwhile, Andy Burcham is going to have the call on the Auburn Radio Network. We'll talk with him in the next half hour. It's a quick backstory story on Andy Burcham. What a good just what a great person he is and his wife as well. You've heard the call of the kick six when Auburn beat Alabama in 2013. Rob Bramblett made that great, great call. You may recall that Rob Bramblett and his wife were driving somewhere, I think it was in Auburn itself. And they were struck from behind by a teenage driver, and the two of them were killed. And he and Andy Bertram had worked for 25 years together, doing Auburn baseball in particular. And uh, at one point, I mean, they're so close, Rob and his wife asked Andy and his wife, hey, look, if anything were to ever happen to us... We would like the two of you to raise our children. They have a son and a daughter. And naturally, of course, they said yes. Now, you're not thinking something like that's going to happen. But unfortunately, it did. And Rob and his wife were both killed in that car crash. That meant Andy and his wife then took over. As the parents for Rob's children. And by all accounts have done, no surprise, a fabulous job uh, raising them. It's an impossible situation to be put in. But that tells you the kind of people the Bertrams are. Now I wanted to tell the story now. Before we have Andy on the next half hour. Because I'm not going to bring it up with him in the next half hour. I'm not going to. I know I've talked to him privately about it. But I'm not going to talk to him on the air about it. But I wanted you, the audience, to know that he's not only, only not only an excellent announcer, baseball, football, whatever it may be, but it's just a he and his wife are really good people. That is something big because they don't have children themselves. They did not have children themselves. And now suddenly their parents to they took over, two teenagers. And let's give Credit where credit is due. There's so many great people out there. The Bertrams happen to be two of them. And we'll talk with Andy in the next half hour. Today's show brought to you by Brewers Outlet. Reagan Street and Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. Imports, domestics, micro the best selection of beer anywhere, wine coolers, water, soft drink, snacks. They roast their peanuts fresh and out every day in the pickle bar, live by the barrels and the dills. Indeed, second to none. All at Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. Stock up for the big game right now. And we're in the Sunbury Motors Studio, Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Key Roots 11 and 15, Hummels Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com here on News Radio 1070 WKOK.